Hello, and welcome back to the In-Laws Podcast. This is once again, Editing Brianne, and here is part two of our series on disordered eating. Okay, so going into spring semester 1L, what did that like kind of look, especially since you were only taking one class, right? Yeah, so I was, um, like I had been saying, I thought treatment was going to last a quick six weeks and then I'd be back. And then while I was in treatment, I realized like I've done much more damage to my body than I believed I need to stay in treatment. Um, and so I contacted the school again to say, I am coming back. I would like to try to take some sort of spring semester class or classes. I don't know what the options are, like what have people done historically? Um, and can I join a class late or can I be like virtual or whatever? And so the four courses you're required to take as a 1L in the spring at our school is con law, civ pro, property, and legal writing two. So they, we went back and forth for a while because the school was like, well, most people don't really do this. And I was like, okay, I would like at least, yeah, like I'd like to continue. And like, to their credit in this situation only, it would have been simpler if I had taken an entire year off and then just come back and started property, con law, civ pro legal writing as like a, a 1L while the people I started law school with were 2Ls. Like it, it would have been like procedurally easier because there is that requirement that like all of these classes get like accomplished in a certain order but I just I one of my biggest motivators to keep working in treatment was to get out and go back to law school so I just felt like in that in that headspace at that time like no I I have to at least have something because if I have to watch all of my friends get to go to that building every day and do this thing I like the only thing I've ever wanted to do and I'm gonna lose it um so we settled on, I just took legal writing too. I had to reach out to the professor about it to see, and she was very, very lovely and understanding about it to see if it was okay though with her for me, like to start virtually and like asynchronously and then come to class about halfway through the semester. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was really great about it. Um, and I, that's what I did. So I was, I was in treatment. I was in, um, PHP for a hot minute. I truly don't remember how long. Um, but I, I just remember like having this moment of clarity when I, I kept thinking like, I can just push through this as well. Um, and the, my doctors were telling me like, you really can't go back to law school. Like you, like you want to this semester. And I was making a bunch of like pro and con lists to, you know, figure out what the plan was. And a friend of mine that I made in treatment, he looks at me and he was like, so for this one, the going back to law school full force pro con list for a con, um, you'll be dead. Like he, he just was very blunt with me in a way that like, I don't think my doctors or nurses or dietitians were, which like I I didn't need that from all of them. So that was, everyone was doing their jobs, but he just was like, you're, it's not, it's not going to happen. Like you will die 
you you look dumb right now trying to do this you look silly um and so he and I became like buddies but he he was really helpful to just remind me every day like this is life and death everything else like has to come second and the best way to set yourself up to be successful is to take the time you need he has been trying to finish his undergraduate degree for I think six years now and he's been in treatment four separate times um, because he kept thinking I'm good now I can you know I've done my time let's go back to it Mm -hmm. and so just having him there every day to say to me like stop was huge um because I yeah I just kept thinking like this isn't I'll just figure it out um but so eventually a transition to um IOP intensive outpatient uh which was still work and still treatment but not as time consuming so I could go to class Mm -hmm. um showing up to class half a semester in and sitting in the back was I thought like the best you know I'm just gonna sit quietly in the back not draw attention to myself it'll be fine my very first class that I go to I am sweaty. I am anxious. I didn't sleep. I couldn't eat that morning. Like we're, we're not doing well. And I walk quietly to the back of the room. I set my things down. I'm getting ready to go. And one of the guys, a couple rows in front of me, turns around, looks at me, stands up, points at me and goes, what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm in this class. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm in, I'm in this class. And he was like, no, you're not. You haven't been here. Where have you been? And I li- I literally was like, how is this happening? Like, how, how, how? And it's not, he's not a bad guy. He just wasn't thinking. And like, truthfully, I don't know that he, I don't think he did anything wrong. I just wish he would have like thought a little bit more about like, why would a person join a class halfway through the semester and clearly be trying to like, be very quiet about it so like he you know he's not the villain of this story but I just was like you have no idea how difficult this is for me already and now I have to like answer in front of the rest of the class who like a lot of those people I had at least known fall semester of 1L when I was in classes so it was this like here's a bunch of strangers and then people I know but I don't know how well they know me now because I haven't been in class and um that was stressful, but I just kept going to legal writing too. That was the only class I took. And then I finished that out. Um, yeah, it was, it was nice to have something to continue to like work on and work towards. Um, but doing things out of the order that law schools like to see definitely presented problems like every next step. So after my 1L year, that's the summer I went to go work in the public defender's office. The student practice rule in our state had changed where as a 1L, you could start doing student practice stuff if you had taken all of your 1L courses. Right, yeah. And so like my supervisors wanting to give me experience, wanting to like help me out, kept like asking and offering. And so I had to explain it to them like everything that happened and that's why I'm not 
ready because I felt like I couldn't just say, well, I didn't take those classes. And I, I could have, everyone would have been totally respectful and like fine, but it, it became this thing of me having to like tell my story each time, just so people know that like, I'm, I I just, for me, it felt like I just needed people to know, like, I am hanging in here. I'm going to get this done. It's just not happening right now, which was honestly very helpful for me overall, just to be like, not forced, but like feel as though I had to talk about it because like, then I couldn't, the shame and the secrecy, like just wasn't as prevalent, um, still rough, but just not as terrible all the time. Um, yeah, so I didn't, I couldn't student practice, but I really loved my internship. I loved the people there. Um, I came back for 2L fall and again, had to fight the school to get to do the things I wanted to do. Um, so I wanted to take a couple of 2L classes, but I hadn't taken Civ Pro, comma, or property. So I was told, hey, if you take these classes, you have to sign something saying, you know, you're not like, you're, you're not going to, um, we just want you to know that you're not prepared. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to take appellate writing and advocacy, but you've never taken con law or civ pro, you're going to be at a disadvantage, which was true and fair. Not what I needed from them. Um, like, I appreciated the one time they put me on notice of that. But then everything else, I was like, I'm aware. Like, if if I want to create more work for myself, if I want to do this, like, just let let me. Um, one of the biggest issues I had was actually being allowed to compete on the mock trial team. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I did college mock trial for four years. It was an incredibly competitive program. We were um, number two in the country when I left, and so like it wasn't that I was just this genius with, with trial practice. I like very much knew what I was doing because of experience, Mm -hmm. but the school kept telling me, you're just, you're probably not going to be successful because like, you know, trial ad is difficult. Trial team is tough. And so then I had to go and talk to my coaches and explain to them, like, this is the situation. And they were like, we'd still love to have you. That hasn't changed. I mean, but it was just be in a better position to determine if you were capable of it than some admin members who had never seen you in that situation. Exactly. Yes. They, and that was, uh, the professor that has been like super helpful for me in all my, my whole career kind of dealing with this at school went and spoke to them, went and spoke to the, the Dean I had been talking to and said, if she tried out for the team, and her coaches like put her on the team, she can handle what's coming or she'll learn. Um, And you need to hear her when she says she knows what she's doing. Like, like he was aware that I competed for this very competitive program. Like he understood that I, this was going, mock trial was going to be the easiest class I took that semester. And it was, um, but it was just so frustrating to be like, well, this should be, this shouldn't even be like a, a fight I have to have. Like, I get why you're telling me I can't take some of these classes, but like, why? And like, so I, I took a full 2L course load. Um, people talked about 2L being like, 2L fall specifically being like the worst semester they've ever had. 
I believe that's true for a lot of people. Um, I was just thrilled. Like I genuinely was just thrilled to be there. Like it, it wasn't easy and it wasn't always fun, but like just being in class every day was so like exciting and like reminded me why I was continuing to work on like eating. And it was when I returned to school, it's not like all of the pressures just like disappeared. Everyone still is in that grind mentality. People's schedules are even crazier than I wasn't eligible to be considered for law review because of, I didn't have all my classes done in the preferred order. Um, but people who were on law review who were starting to like rack up all of these other things just kept getting busier and busier. Um, and I was getting busier too, but just not to that degree, I think. But even with my busy schedule, it was very difficult for me to like very intentionally remove myself. Sometimes I like lived close enough at that time to like walk to school. So sometimes I would just like walk home, eat my lunch and then come on back. Um, or I'd have to like kind of go find like a study room and just like sit and eat. It still wasn't perfect, which I think was really important for me to discover was like, I, it's not that I have been treated and now I have no eating disorder. Like the, the language they use with eating disorders is similar to the language they use with alcoholism of like, I will always have an eating disorder. I would, I think other people would say like, I am an alcoholic. I've just been sober for eight years or whatever. Same, like similar language that they used in treatment for us was like you will always struggle with an eating disorder it's just like how how difficult things are right now are they talked about remission a lot um but it was just tough doing the the whole law school thing again while managing an eating disorder and also trying to figure out like is any of this normal like, is, is everything I'm worried about normal? Is my concern that, like, I don't get to do law review or I, I probably can't do moot court or whatever? Like, is that going to be super detrimental to me? And I have to believe there have been other students who have come before me that have struggled with, there's simply no way that, like, this hasn't happened to another student before. But not having a single person that I knew of to, like, even talk to about it was just so frustrating because I didn't know how I was supposed to be handling stuff when the school was fighting me on things or like I don't know like am I putting in enough effort like eating wise should I be doing more should I be leaving earlier and going home to eat dinner or whatever so that was a big learning semester again super exciting like I just loved being in class um and then Two L spring came, and that was. Oh, yeah, you got my section. Because <laughs> <laughs> now so you're one L classes, right? Yeah. So I was I was a two L taking my three one L classes, and I also took trial ad, like our just trial ad one <laughs> course. Again, I had to have the same fight, and then my professor that's been here for me this whole time had to have the same fight with the administration to be like let her do it. Like, what, what is the issue? And they kept talking about how, um, like, it's a very difficult course. And like, we just want her to be successful. And like, she won't be successful in this class without the prerequisites. 
easy. What are you talking about? At least at my school, you don't even have to take evidence before you take trial lab. It's, (laughs) it's not, I, grades don't super matter to me, especially anymore. But when I received my Cali for that class, I wanted to be like, look at it. Like, (laughs) you should have. You should have. I might. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that was a nice class to like have and like, and that's kind of one of the biggest things if I could help other people when I talk to other people about this is like, you need to continue to do something you're good at. That might not even be in the law school. Like it doesn't have to be that you've like been pretending to be a lawyer in college for four years and then you keep doing that. That's really nice that it's like conveniently in the same space. But like, I know a bunch of people that would play like indoor soccer who like are really good soccer players or used to play soccer competitively. There's something really helpful about reminding yourself that like, I am intelligent. I am talented. I am good at something, whatever that something is, because I think law school has this way of making everyone feel like they're dumb and that like, they don't have, there's nothing special about them. They don't have that sparkle. And I think just reminding yourself, like, I am good at something. Like, I do know what I'm doing in this specific arena of my life is important. Yeah. Um, so uh, balancing that, though, being back in 1L classes. Because for me, I felt like my 2L classes were so different. Well, like, structure wise how my classmates acted it just felt yeah so So it was terrifying um I was more anxious for my first day of spring 2L year when I was taking my 1L classes than I was for my first day of law school Mm -hmm. uh because I I knew it was it, it was going to be a very long day not just sitting through like new classes and that's a long day in and of itself um, the first day back is always kind of rough, but just like having to explain to people why I'm there and figuring out how to do that succinctly, but also not like lying. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of when I, when I started that first day that I realized like, it's all or nothing. Like I have to either be completely open with people and like make that very intentional or not. And like, people are going to be fine with that either way. But this rumor started going around a couple months in that I had failed all of those courses. Like I had, I wasn't in treatment as a 1L. I had taken property con law civ pro. I had just done so poorly in each of those classes that they made me retake them. Is that even possible? Like what? No, it would be no. so hard. It would, you would really have to try. You would really you would have, have to, to literally like not show up to the final. Yes. <laughs> And there's no way if I failed those three courses, why was I a 2L in the fall? Like there's no way they would have allowed that. No. So it just, it was one of those, and it it was fine to hear that. Like I wasn't obviously super happy, but I just sort of was like, okay. Like I think the, the longer you are in law school and you hear these ridiculous things about people you know or yourself, the the less you like the less mental and emotional energy you have to like give to that like at that point I was like well this sucks but like I I just got to keep going if someone thinks I failed those courses fine like fine 
Yeah. Um, I just thought you had like gone part time or something. Like I thought maybe you'd like switch between, and I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, because it it isn't that big of a deal. Like I know plenty of part time students. It just for whatever reason I was so scared. Um, and everyone in my section was like pretty nice. Um, it's interesting. So our school does what they call ASP leaders, which is basically like the like two people who did very well in that course with that professor the year prior will get asked or like sometimes you apply whatever to like be the ASP leader like a little TA for that course for like when you're a 2L and the the students are 1Ls so all of my ASP leaders were like actual classmates of mine and like many of them like personal friends of mine so that was interesting, like walking into class each day and being like, ah, like my friends, <laughs> my my friends, JP and Matt were our con law um, ASPs. And whenever we'd be in their ASP session where they would just review the content we had learned in class, like thus far, they'd call on me if no one else was speaking. And I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, That's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was, it was nice having like at least some people I knew in those courses, but then it also still, I still was like dealing with some of that, like shame and guilt and embarrassment, which I didn't, I don't to this day really know where that like stemmed from because I didn't really, and haven't really had an issue with like sharing about it, but I just, I thought I looked weak, which is like probably one of the ugliest thoughts I had about myself during that whole time is like I couldn't I couldn't handle it I couldn't handle law school so I had to get treatment and I like like I had almost failed um but I I really liked my courses I was in the same section like the one else get put into sections so they take all of their courses together I didn't intentionally get into that section I picked the three professors people told me they liked the most and they all happened to be a section together. So like, I was kind of hoping that maybe no one would notice me in the classes because like, yeah, there'd be a mix of students each time, no one, but it's all the same people. Um, so it ended up being fine. Uh, you know, I, once I got over like the nerves of, of it all. Um, yeah, most people were super like nice or just like, left me alone like it's not a ton of people like made it my problem or like came and bothered me about it um I'm trying to think like it it felt weird the entire time because I was like I'm not a 1L I'm a 2L but I'm mostly in 1L courses and it actually doesn't really matter what year I am because there's nothing wrong with taking time off but just to be clear I am like I I couldn't (laughs) yes Yes, I couldn't like quite grapple with like what was going on because again, there was no one available to me that like had ever done this before. So I didn't, I just didn't like know. Um, But that semester I think was fine. Like I got through it. I remember leaving, I think it was my property final that was last. And like, I have never been so proud of myself like just walking out of the building and being like, I'm now a 3L. I was a 1L and now I'm a 3L. 
um one of my really good friends Aaron jokes and like it's funny but if you don't know if you <laughs> he'll say it in front of people we're like not super close with and they'll be like oh my god he'll be like yeah she got held back for one l year but then she did so well they let her skip to three l year and I'm <laughs> like maybe we maybe we keep that between us yeah um but yeah that's about like feeling weak because I feel like knowing your limits is like the strongest thing you can do like making that choice was a very like strong choice yeah I mean I think it's not surprising to me that your classmates didn't view it as a problem or view you as weak because it's very obvious to me that that takes more strength than like I would ever have and I think most people like acted that way like if yeah. I, the the support I received from people and just what people said like helped me to know that that no one thought I had like failed or done anything and like upon reflection that was truly the strongest I've ever been like that was the 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 most self-control I've ever had to have the most self-discipline to continue to go and be scared and like fight the school still for some reason on silly little things like that um so I can't remember when it was I think it was actually like after my trial ad final I was I um I don't know what moved me but I know at least one thing so Simone Biles was competing in the Olympics mm-hmm. at the time and she had like taken a, a step back And she very publicly was like, I need to take a step back from my mental health. I'm doing what I need to for me. Awesome. And for whatever reason, I like that for me was like profoundly inspiring because she didn't need to share that it was a mental health like issue or crisis. She could have said she had COVID. She could have said anything like, and she, the entire world was watching when she did that I think when I came back to school I felt like everyone was watching I guarantee you no more than two people were ever watching at one time but like it felt as though all eyes were on me and so seeing her do this much like just a bigger magnitude in every way but like seeing her be brave enough to to do that and like say that made me feel like, well, if she can take a step back from the literal Olympics and like talk about that and inspire other people, I can probably at least talk about what it was like, like getting treatment for a semester. Um, so I made a little LinkedIn post, which isn't my vibe, but I was like, it has to go somewhere. (laughs) Um, and so many people reached out to me and were so sweet and kind and supportive And that kind of started the most amount of discussion I had with other students who like I knew and they came and talked to me or I didn't know and they came and talked to me and talked about like their eating disorder stuff or their mental health stuff or their struggles with the school as like it relates to those things. And it it felt good. Like I certainly didn't and I don't have all the answers. Like I didn't, I wasn't able to magically make anything better but it just felt good to be able to talk to someone and tell them like, that's very normal or like, don't let the school tell you that that's not true. Like to, to do something instead of just feel like this was my secret and, and I just needed to like 
keep it. Um, so yeah, everything after that was basically then just a race to the finish and making sure I had enough credits to graduate in May. So yeah, there, <laughs> yeah. So they, um, I've been taking 18 credits this semester and I took 18 credits last semester. Oh, Not, no. no. Yeah. I, it wasn't, I shouldn't, and it's fine, but it wasn't the, the smart decision. Um, again, I think if I could like go back, like now I'd probably say like, I should have taken that full year off. So I wouldn't have had to do this. Or maybe I could have taken like some summer courses. I talked to the school about it and they said, if you take your, if you're enrolled for your summer courses and those courses are going to add up to the like requisite amount of credits, you can walk at graduation. But I realized mm -hmm. I was like right there with like the credits. Like I, it felt silly to take one more course, which it isn't by the way, but like it felt silly to try to do one more course in the summer when I just wanted to be done. Mm -hmm. So I took 18 credits last semester. I think about seven of those were trial related credits. So that was super helpful, just like get getting getting those and, and having to spend a little bit less time on those classes than other ones. But I also had to be super intentional with other things I was doing. So like I really wanted to be on the the social oh gosh. Now now I feel bad. I can't remember the title. But it's like the equity and like social um justice social awareness law review journal because I thought the work they were doing was super super neat and but that's only I think one credit and a ton of time that you have to devote to it and a ton of time you have to do like readings and writing stuff and that has always been much more time consuming for me than just like showing up to you know trial ad and going um and same with doing moot court I was asked to like do moot court when they were, I mean, everyone was asked to do moot court when we, when they opened up um, applications for it. But when they started like seeking people out to specifically ask them to please reconsider, I was really torn because I really loved the moot court um, directors, I guess I should say, the faculty that run moot court. And I liked my appellate writing and advocacy class. Like I, I enjoy oral argument. I like brief writing, but again, I can't afford to like spend, you know, hours and hours and hours working on a brief that's going to give me the same amount of credits as like a trial ad class because I'm taking 18. Like it, I had to think like big picture a lot. So I couldn't, I didn't do moot court. I didn't do any sort of law review. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like, I really liked all of my classes. And because I took a nice mix of like workshops and like sit and take notes and take a final exam classes, like it was good. Um, and things definitely felt better eating wise. Um, over the summer, I had worked at the Milwaukee DA's office and I had been taking, I took a class over that summer to like make sure I had all my credits set. So for six weeks, I was going to work from like nine to five and then I'd have class from 5.30 to 7.30, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. 
Hmm. And I definitely thought like when I registered for that, when I knew that was my plan, I kind of had this moment with myself where I was like, this is, this is a gamble. Like this is, could, could cause problems for us eating disorder wise. Cause, but I was super intentional. And again, it wasn't perfect, but I was just super intentional about like, when I get home from class, I'm not doing anything. I'm not reading for the next class tomorrow. I'm not reviewing stuff for work. I might not even see friends immediately if they're not friends I feel like super comfortable eating around. I just am going to eat. And like I got very um selfish with my time, which like I think people say selfish in like a negative like context a lot, but like I think it's very important to be selfish sometimes and like not a bad thing. So I just got very selfish with my time um and didn't just did what I needed to do in the morning and at night lunch is tricky I think working anywhere any law office because there is like a push or a pressure or sometimes a need to work over lunch so like when I'd be helping with a trial lunch was the only time we had to like plan what was going to happen next after you know whatever testimony had come out so it's not that I couldn't eat, but like I, I personally couldn't handle working and being excited and also like eating. Um, I was really lucky to make uh, a really good friend at, at work. Um, she's my work wife. Uh, she and I would like order pretty routinely from like a couple, you know, Jimmy John's a couple different places. And so once I started a new trial in the summer, um, she texted me and was like, Hey, I'm going to order our usual from Jimmy John's unless you would like something else. And I, I said back, that's so sweet of you, but like, I get kind of too anxious to eat with like trial stuff, you know, like it's just too much. And she was like, that wasn't my question. Do you, do you want something different than your usual? Otherwise I will order your usual. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> um, and so I, I think that's like a big part of it that I don't think about enough is like that privilege to have so many people who want to be supportive and who like know and are understanding, like even just to be able to get into treatment was like a really big deal because they had a really long waiting list or <laughs> really long waiting list. Um, and that my mom's insurance covered it. Like, again, like there were all of these things that I wasn't even thinking about at the time, but like, not all people can just pause on their life and like, go to treatment and fully do that and pay for that. And like, again, Zion, my then boyfriend, like came and lived with me for about two months and would drive me every morning to treatment and then come and pick me up after treatment and was just there and like helping to help me have my nighttime snack. Like most people don't have that sort of like support. Um, and I think some people's like communities or families or friends also just don't understand like mental health and mental illness super well. So different people I spoke to had different levels of understanding. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, my sister, brother, boyfriend, cousin whatever has an eating disorder too so like I at least understand like basic stuff um and then it ranged from that to people not quite understanding what the issue was because I had like 
lost weight and our beauty standards today are pretty Sophia like you had been talking about like this heroin chic like potentially coming back like it it isn't actually normal to to be that skinny it's certainly not healthy to be that skinny but because it's common to be that skinny like it people I, I think a lot of people express to me in different ways like well but you look good and it's like well that was never the point yeah. ever yes um yeah and also like this and like it's I didn't look good when I couldn't see and my hair was falling out and I was like like it it, it, there's nothing glamorous about it there's actually really not a whole lot of like beauty to it so it was frustrating interacting with people who didn't understand or or, like made a lot of like I would love to lose that much weight you know like and having to yeah and having to like engage in a conversation um with them about that so but yeah that was 3L that was the summer before 3L and then 3L I took my 18 credits and that was fine and now I'm in 18 credits again and I am scheduled to graduate in May so that'll be really exciting um I got a job offer which I accepted from the DA's office so I'm super excited about that uh never once did they ask for my transcripts which is i think like also like a public interest thing but like they they didn't need that i was good at my job right. and so like all of this time that i had spent stressing about having to explain and like all of this time that the school had emphasized like this is not like you will have to explain this transcript to people um nothing not it wasn't even a question that's which was that's so yeah yeah I don't think I, when you were applying like after 1L and then after 2L for your summer positions did I so my I don't I actually I think the public defender's office did ask for a transcript I'm not entirely sure but I just remember like I had sought someone out who had been a pills fellow um before like the summer before and had worked at the public defender's office so I like emailed her to be like hey I know this is a little weird but oh and she was super helpful and just connected me with them so I think they did want my transcripts but like they didn't ask me about it I was very much prepared to like explain it but I yeah they didn't ask me about it um and then the DA's office I uh I may have sent in my transcripts then. I don't think I did though. I feel like I would have remembered like panicking. Um, it was mostly like security kind of clearance stuff, mm-hmm. to be honest, mm-hmm. was most of the paperwork I filled out there, like background check things. But yeah, no, it, it was something when I was like spending time in law school trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. Like, do I truly want to do public interest? Do I truly want to do a criminal law I realized that like other firms that people were looking at especially big law firms not only was I not super interested in like doing that work or that culture but like 
I need to be in a place like me specifically because of like my eating disorder and the other like things that I struggle with daily. I need to be in a place that prioritizes like my wellness and like helps to support me in that rather than a place that might encourage me to work harder and longer. And, and I think, I think I have found that place for me. That's like been really understanding and supportive of like everything I've needed. Um, I just, it was, it was almost nice to have a bunch of doors closed for me. Like one, my GPA closed those doors pretty quickly and the, the transcript as I was like, the just the the weird the classes out of order I think was also pretty helpful in like closing some of those doors so it was nice not to even like have the option almost but to the extent that I did or do have the option at some other places like I think I have to remind myself pretty much all the time like I, I didn't come I didn't do all of this I didn't come this far to burn myself out for that for that job for that internship so like, yes, maybe working at this firm sounds like glitzy and glamorous. Like, you guys, I can't talk. It's like glitzy and like glamorous and like fun. But like, will I continue to be healthy there is the bigger, more important question. And I, I think food culture in a lot of different firms is also tough. I um, I don't know that I could like do all of those like associate lunches every day or or you know whatever people do I think that'd be a bit much for me yeah yeah exactly a lunch every day there's like, a lot of it a lot of the public lunches and then just a lot of I didn't experience experience this at my firm I think it's more of a thing on social media which is why I think there's an interesting aspect of like performance to the whole, like, I didn't eat anything today. Um, but like the amount of big law attorneys who make these like day in the life vlogs and they just like don't eat anything until 8 p.m. and then order like Chinese takeout and they eat like four bites of it. And you're like, ah, that's not okay why are you putting that online and that's the rough part is like again if if that's going to be your style if that's how you want to do things like ultimately fine like we're all adults go for it I don't think it's healthy but like fine but putting it out on social media especially as like making it something that we should strive for or be working towards I think is just really irresponsible because you, yeah, like at some point you have to know that what is happening here is not good or that it's harmful. And even if you're, I'm, you know, I'm just producing content, I'm just putting out my day in the life. I think you have a responsibility at some point to say to yourself, is this the right thing to show anyone else? Like, you know, everyone else who could possibly access this, is this going to be helpful or like hurtful for people? Right. I think that's really important with like certain things that just require more context. And if you cannot provide that context in the video, it makes it really hard to get like whatever point you have across. And 
just like the way that TikTok runs, like people don't read the captions, like they don't. So if you have a disclaimer or something that you really want to like point attention to, you need to put that in the video or you need to put text on that spot and say it in the video because otherwise you're going to get like 80 comments asking the same thing or, you know, like it gets whatever, whatever. It's so annoying that the algorithm for a really long time was prioritizing like six to eight second videos. Mm-hmm. You are incapable of having any nuanced thought in six to eight seconds and the text you can fit on the screen. Literally. It's just, it's a shit show out here. It's a shit show. It always gets so depressing. Why do we do this? <laughs> Literally every episode. But that's just like life. Um, you did say something that I wanted to comment back to. You were talking about like the jobs and like what environments would like be healthy for you and that kind of thing. And that's something that I've thought about like a lot, a lot, a lot, especially just because of the opportunity that I had my one all summer. And even when I was there, like I loved the experience. I loved the people. I liked the work, but I know that's not something that I could do long-term. And I think they knew that about me too. And it's just so interesting, especially because there is a stereotype of like who goes to law school, the high achievers, the perfectionists, the da 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 da. Like I can do all of those things, I can be all of those things, I can fit that role, but I can't do it for a long time. And I did that. Like I already did that role. I played that character. I was in high school. And like for the rest of my life, like that's not what I want to be doing. That's not how I want to live my life. That's not how I want to like treat my mental health like that's not what I want to do so then it's like you have to figure out what can you feasibly see yourself doing and for how long and like how and why is it going to work for you but we just have so few opportunities to figure that out like it's so hard to get work experience like diverse work experience it's also interesting because I mean the experience you can have I would love to say that just like Public interest prioritizes your mental health way more than big law does. That is categorically false. Like, it just completely depends on the office, the work that you're doing, the culture. Specifically, when it comes to like food and eating, my big law firm had a much better culture around it than my public defender's office. My public defender's office, no one was eating, or they were picking up like, a cookie from downstairs and eating it for lunch. It was, you know, there just wasn't a ton of um, like regular, normal three square meals a day type of people. Um, And I think that has a lot to do with the stress in public defense and um, the fact that maybe you're dealing with a lot of things that make you nauseous and sick to your stomach. (laughs) Um, And I, I think that For me, I saw that at the public defender's office. I was like, oh my God, it's going to be so much worse at my firm. And I'm so lucky that it wasn't. I think it also depends on resources too. Because I think of the summer and like, I always had breakfast there. Like they provided so many things that were like breakfast foods that I never had to worry about like, oh, I have to like make my breakfast the night before. Or like, let me make sure I get up in time to like cook myself breakfast. There were always breakfast there and then there was always a lunch whether it was like a team lunch or a one-on-one lunch like there was always lunch 
And I was like, okay, cool. So now all I have to worry about is like dinner or like snacks maybe. But then it's like, they have all these snacks, but then they also have all this coffee. So now everybody's like chugging coffee or like chugging Diet Coke. And then I think like the coffee thing like really hit me 1-0 and like how much people rely on coffee to stay awake and also to not take breaks, which includes eating as taking a break. And I saw that all around me and I was like, what are you people doing? What is happening here? Yep. I did a, a big a big thing for me today, which was I got uh, decaffeinated coffee beans. Oh yeah, I saw your video. I was like, my influence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll I mean hopefully it will it will help. I think it's I think it's a ritual, especially in law school and in legal offices to like have a coffee with you. Yeah. It's just uh it's a hard habit to break, to be honest. And I was the the real issue was that it wasn't that I was drinking coffee every day, it was that I was drinking. 200 milligrams of caffeine in pre-workout and then drinking a coffee, which is not okay. No, that's a lot. I feel like, I mean, every school has like a huge coffee culture, but I feel like ours especially does because we have a cafe in the school and they have to be selling like at least 300 plus coffees a day, like at least. I would imagine. Yeah. We don't have a cafe and I'm very glad that we don't I would abuse it okay well do you want to try to wrap this up on a positive note can we try to do that is it possible we'll try um do you have any words of wisdom for people who are struggling I think the best one is to meet yourself where you are so when I realized I had an issue like I wasn't eating enough I kept thinking, okay, three meals tomorrow and kept pushing myself to try to do three meals tomorrow. But if you're only eating like two units of food, whatever that means for you on Monday, go for three on Tuesday and call it enough. Like it, you don't have to be making like monumental steps each day and you just need to be like kind to yourself too so kindness to yourself looks like a lot of things obviously self-care like if you need to go home to eat lunch go home um but also just like let yourself eat the foods that feel good like the the more stressed I am the worse my like eating disorder tendencies are getting the more I'm indulging on like whatever feels good like I'm headed to cheesecake factory to pick up my fried mac and cheese balls like if if that is what my body is telling me I need fine like I just I think I judged myself so long for thinking like okay let's just do it tomorrow let's just like eat tomorrow and let's eat really quote healthy foods um so yeah just meet yourself where you are in all of that and like you're gonna have to be really really brave sometimes just in in a lot of these situations but like you you've gotten yourself here you can get through any of this now like it, it's going to be tough it might be scary but like what the this quote that I love is just like um I didn't come this far to only come this far like you can't you can't give up now so you need to take care of yourself and keep going and yeah just be like sweet to yourself okay 
That's all for this week's episode of The In-Laws. Make sure to follow us on IG at The In-Laws Pod. We post these full-length episodes every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. So make sure to follow and read the podcast through whichever streaming service you're listening on. Talk to you next week. And thank you, Maddie. Thanks. Bye.